2: Welcome to DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blenderhead, Ed, Blender HD, if you want to follow me on Twitter. And it's Mondays, and we don't got James McCool again. It's not Mondays with McCool uh, today. Uh, last week, James was in the process of moving. He's moving from Colorado to, to Clarksville, Tennessee. And, uh, and he made it there. He made it there, but apparently uh, in his new house, he currently doesn't have any electricity or internet, or nothing, right? That's what you get from moving to Clarksville, Tennessee. It's not It's not real human civilization there. Have you ever been there before? I don't know. I mean, there may be people that are, oh, I'm from Clarksville, Tennessee. What are you talking about? I've been in Clarksville, Tennessee. That is a uh, t- place that time forgot. Okay, so I'm not, uh, I'm not surprised. Not surprised, but uh, so James will not be with us here on Monday for uh, uh, today. Hopefully back by, maybe they'll, but maybe, Maybe down in Clarksville, they'll they'll invent electricity by next Monday. So maybe by by then, maybe they've made it. They maybe may, at least make it to the 20th century. So uh, so James can make it on the show uh, next Monday, but uh, but no, it won't be here today. But I got you guys in the chat. I got you guys in the chat. I'm going to need you guys. i mean, you're going to need you need to hold a lot of a lot of the load today because like I didn't play yesterday. I, I was gone for the entire weekend. So, uh, so I have no idea what happened. I mean, I, I, I watched the football games yesterday. Uh, so that's about all I know. Uh, and uh, and I need you to ask questions in the YouTube chat, the DFS strategy questions. Give, give me those thumbs ups here in the chat. It helps. It helps. I see you guys, right? All right. Infamous Tuck, right? Max Coach, what were you doing here at 8.54 in the morning? Sweet action, 6.30, 9.06 in the morning. What, forgot about the, the wrong time, I guess. I don't know. Good morning if you're still here. Dana lodgings asked if they have indoor plumbing in Clarksville, Tennessee. I wouldn't be shocked, I think. I think the last time I was there, I had to poop in a bucket. I, th- I think I had to. I went to, the, it was the horrible m- motel rooms. That's, I think that's the main reason that I have, I have uh, a negative opinion of Clarksville, Tennessee. Clarksville, Tennessee uh, is, uh, has a very long-running, I don't know if it anymore, uh, one-nighter Tuesday night uh, comedy show there. Okay, so if, if you've ever, if you've ever, you probably, you've never, uh, if you've worked as, as, a, as a road comic, as a stand-up comic uh, in, in the Midwest or the South, whatever, and worked for a company called Comedy Zone. If you've ever been, if you're in the, if you've ever been to a place called the Comedy Zone, like they, they book a whole ton of places and one-nighter bar, bar shows across the entire Midwest and the South. So they have their own clubs also, but they also have like little just one-off type of things. Uh, clarksville tennessee is one of them and uh it is it is known as uh it, you stay in the worst motel uh ever and uh, the the show is in this like night like it seems like a nightclub that's still in like 1972 whatever and then a lot of times you're in this big like nightclubish type of place and there's only like 50 people there for the comedy show it's not a very good gig but it's it's buoyed by the fact that the, the motel is the worst it's like like you stay in a place where you're surprised there aren't bars on the windows. Okay. You go you go in and it's like a like there's a bed and, the, and the, like a stand for a TV. And there's like no desk, there's no nightstands, there's no nothing, there's no other furniture in there. It's industrial carpeting. There's like like the, the, maybe a bar of soap in, in the in the bathroom. That's it. That, that, that's all you get. And the comforter or whatever on the bed is like 40 years old. So that's known, it's known, at least back when I was, was traveling around the country, that if you work for this place, that that was like the worst motel because you got paid for, right? Uh, and it, it wasn't a very good gig to begin with. So, like, I've been, to, I've done that gig three times. Uh, and typically, it's attached to other things. You don't just go down there for a Tuesday. It's like that, and then you go to somewhere else to on Wednesday, and then Thursday, and then Friday, you go to different places. But that's typically the first stop on that, like, week-long run. And uh, and it's bad. So that 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 is all my experience in Clarkville, Tennessee, to, from being there three times to do that gig. Uh, so maybe maybe that's where my uh, my propensity for n- for not liking the place uh, comes from. But uh, but yeah, but over the over the weekend, uh, we got the, the Bengals, right? Dan Janning, you're a huge Bengals fan. Can I get a who day? No, I'm not giving you a who day. I'm I'm torn. I'm torn about the Super Bowl. I'd like to root for the Bengals, right? Like the underdog team, the team that won, what, four games last year or something? I mean, that's what I'd like to root for. But I can't, I can't root for Cincinnati fans. I can't root for people in Cincinnati. I know, probably Dan is probably from Cincinnati, right? It's like, I don't, I don't want, the Cincinnati fans can't get anything nice, right? I mean, I'm a fan of Louisville City and back in the, the uh, USL before they went to MLS, that, that was the big rivalry. In, uh, in the USL Louisville versus Cincinnati and uh, and then we, we beat them more times than not so so we we, we tend to be very uh, Cincinnati fans I don't mind the team fine the Bengals do whatever that you want I just don't want Cincinnati fans to be happy right so that that's like the uh, what do I want right I'd like to see the Bengals win but I don't want the people in Cincinnati to have a good time I don't I don't want them to have a good time so Dan if you're from Cincinnati okay he lives 45 minutes outside of Cincinnati so maybe 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 you are better better I don't know I don't know just always I did, never like fans from Cincinnati. Daniel says they're only a four point dog. Yeah, I'm, I'm, because they're 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 not a bad team. But before the season, if you told me the Bengals were in the Super Bowl, I'd say you're nuts, right? But it, it should be a good Super Bowl, right? Burrow versus Stafford. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the the games over the weekend. I mean, it seems like the the playoff games. It's like it, now we got good football. Eighteen weeks of the season, you could barely find a game that was watchable. Then the playoffs. It's like everything everything is coming down to the last play of the game and overtimes and you know, obviously, there's bad coaching decisions thrown in there as well. But they were a- actually worth watching. Wow i i came I came home yesterday, and I watched the end of the 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 Chief the Chiefs game, the Chiefs Bengals game. And then I then I put on the the Rams 49ers game. And it's like, oh they, you know, even though you know tons of commercials, all that type of stuff, you know, I'm not a big fan of the island games in general. But it wasn't that bad. Wasn't that bad at all. Didn't play the showdowns or anything. I'll probably play this I'll play the Super Bowl showdown. That's a big contest. What else is there to do? On what Sunday night for the Super Bowl? I'll play that. Uh, And we'll we'll probably talk about it because that'll that'll, that'll come like right before the NBA All-Star break, which will be off. Right. So during the All-Star break, there'll there'll be no pregame shows. What would we talk about? I don't know. I I barely have anything to talk about today. Right. Because I didn't play NBA yesterday. Didn't play the showdowns yesterday. Today, we got a what? An eight game slate. At least look at all these games. We don't have any late games. Right. Is this right? We got seven, 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 thirty, seven, thirty, seven, thirty, eight and eight. That's good. Oh, that's good. My, 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 my night could be over at eight o'clock. See, these are the, these are the nights I want to play. Right? Not much. I mean, yeah, they, this could be chaos, obviously. Right? What are the starting lineups? You know, there's someone going to be scratched in some eight o'clock game or something, but at least there's no like, oh, I got to stick around till 10 o'clock to see what happens with the Clippers or something. Right? No. We got all, we got all these games at the good time. No. Okay. Tonight's going to be a good, a good time to play. A good time to play. I think uh, even, even Daniel, nerdy tenor, will be like, oh, maybe I don't play tonight's slate. Maybe i actually play the main slate because it's really just uh, you know an hour difference between the first game and the last game, right? He's, yeah, that's what he says in there. I'm in heaven. All games start within one hour. Beautiful. Let's do this every night. Perfectly fine. Matt Mears is here. Good morning. Hit that thumbs up button. The chat is going to have to, uh, this will be a very short show if the chat doesn't have anything to say. OK, so feel it. Bang your head against the keyboard. There's nothing for me to review today. Uh, so and the, the, what can we really do on an NBA slate at uh, 11 o'clock in the morning? I mean, obviously, uh, SGA is, is, is out until past the All-Star break. So that's why I assumed that, you know, some of these OKC guys would show up uh, decently in projections. Uh, we got Norman Powell's back. Sabonis is back. Right. Back. I mean, has he been back? I mean, I don't know. Maybe, the, maybe recently back. There's no like standout, standout. Like you got to play, like Josh Giddy isn't like a must play today or anything. Like these, these salary adjusted values, you know, plus minuses are, are not like, like, okay, 2.86. Like it's not a jamming in. I don't, as of right now, there wouldn't be anyone in my player pool right here that I'd be like, yeah, I need to get like 70, to 80% of them. Right. Let's look by position. So what are the strongest positions? Okay. Point guard is, is, is pretty strong in relation to other positions. So, like, okay, so point guard is fairly strong. Shooting guard, similarly, right? We got a couple, of, a little bit less. Okay, shooting guard, small forward typically is weak. Yeah, you know, we got, like, four options, I guess. Power forward. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's across the board, not, not, the, not the greatest. We got centers to play. Like, we take small forward, like, there's really only four, or as of right now, there's only like four guys that stand out. So I could see, based on positional scarcity, like someone like like uh, like Lou Dort being overowned, or Powell being overowned, because you know people will fill. It's like oh, there's only, there's not many choices to fill the shooting guard small forward position, right? If we go here, well, you got Giddy there now, and you got Trey Mann. You got McCollum in the shooting guard spot, so maybe it's more like small forward. So you got Wiggins, who's an All Star starter. Which I, I don't know. I haven't been watching the games. Should he be an All Star starter? I don't know. When I, when they announced the starters, I'm like Andrew Wiggins. How bad is the West this year? But taking a look, like if a lot, what what a lot of times ends up happening is even though these projected values aren't that dramatic, like the difference between Lou Dort at 6,000 and like Chris Duarte at 5,000 is, is three and a half points, right? Or RJ Barrett to Norman Powell, like similar price or OG, like three points, four points, but it's quite possible because, you know, these guys are three or four points higher projected than instead of coming in at like 28% ownership, they come in at 40% ownership. at at a scarcer position. It's like, oh, I am gonna. Uh, I have a lot of ways to get different in all these other spots, but not many at like shooting guard small forward or small forward-ish. So that a lot of the field ends up getting condensed in those spots. So if you're willing to sacrifice like three and a half points, play OG or Barrett or Duarte or even Barnes, I guess. I mean, as of right now, like I said, I say this every day. It's what 11: 15 in the morning all of this could change. as of right now it's like yeah dort especially with the Oak with uh, SGA out, people will focus on those OKC guys against Portland especially So I can see Lou Dort being not 28 percent though be 40 percent owned. 40% owned. Should, <laughs> should he be 40 percent though No probably not uh, Otto Porter is out. oh the, 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 uh, he's resting. Is that going to change that much? Is that going to give us Warriors guys? Well, what's going to happen? Is Biel- Bielitsa, Bielitsa is questionable now. Is that going to help him? We'll see. Do we? Did we already have Porter out in the? No, we already had Porter. Okay, that, our projections already have Porter out. Right. So, so you have Bielitsa up there. Okay, twenty-two minutes, thirty-four hundred. Maybe he's the play. Oh, let's see. Candace Williams, for NBA single entry GPPs, how many contrarian spots would you recommend? Uh, if you watch this show uh, often, Candace, I would suggest watching a lot of previous shows. Obviously, joining Roto-Grinders if, if you'd like. Click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. Uh, it's about building lineups, not picking players. So how many contrarian spots? It's about your ov- the overall ownership of your lineup in general compared to the field size, okay? So it's not even single-entry GPP. It's how, like, there's some single entries that are, you know, 5,000 people, 5,000 entries. Some are 200. That's a dramatic, there's a big difference between them. The smaller the field, the less contrarian you need to be, right, because you don't need to, you know, get the, all the 1% on guys right and score 700 points or anything. But also in single entry small field GPPs, the ownership is also different than the large field stuff. So a lot of times the chalk is chalkier. So you actually gain more leverage sometimes by by playing uh, the the, the owned guys are even more overowned, and the underowned guys are even more under. So like in, a, in a slate like today, like let's just like as an example, Ludor, Like I said before. And let's say he's 28%. Let's just say he's 28% in the large field. Maybe in that single-entry GPP that you're playing, he's 42% owned. And because he's 42% owned, that means there are other guys that are 8% that in the large field are 8% owned and in the small field are 2% owned. So you have to condition your the ownership that you're going for in your full lineup based on what you think the ownership will be in the, the actual contest that you're playing. And then you gauge your lineup based on that. So it's not about number of contrarian spots. You could have five. Well, how, how contrarian? We're talking about like 1% on guys. Not many. You don't, you, you don't, you don't even need any. But like on today's slate, if we, if we just ran the DraftKings optimal as of right now, as of 9.30 a.m., right? So if you can see here on the side of the screen, like our top projected lineup right now, 273.8 median this is median projections has a total lineup ownership of 218.25. So like double up, the, the, that would be the level that you play in like double ups. Okay. So individually you have like all these guys have all this ownership here, 32, 29, 23, 19, 23. Like you could be contrarian by like guys that are even like less up less owned but i'd be not one percent owned or anything how many there's no how many it's just like let's say two here's 218 230 uh 273 let's say we were to build i'm just gonna build i'm just gonna build 10 lineups to make it quick okay let's say we want mac the max to be 200 so instead of 218 maybe you want the max to be 180 right so let's build 10 lineups The max of 180. Okay. So here's here's a lineup that's 269.41. Right. So if we take a look, this optimal is 273.8. This is this first lineup right here is 269.4. So that's about what four, four and a half point lower. But it's also about 40 percentage points lower in ownership. Where it's lower in ownership, that, that's not, you're building lineups. The question that you posed is more build on players. Don't think in terms of players. Think in terms of lineups. So you see here, you go Van Vliet, Mann, Dort, Sabonis, Hartenstein, Simons, and Nurkic. But let's take a look at this lineup right below it, right? This gives up actually less. You get actually get less ownership. Let's remove that. Let's see if we find, okay, here's one that a little bit lower. So here's a lineup, 268.82. So compared to this optimal, it's about five five points below. And 172.93 in total ownership. This is 218.25 in total ownership. So this lineup would be good. You're sacrificing about five points to gain about 40 percentage points in ownership, which may be on the slate today about maybe the right range you're looking for in single entry Maybe medium, small, medium-sized GPPs. And this lineup down here has Tyrese Maxey and Giddy, right? Oh, well, Giddy's the most chalkiest player on the slate. Shouldn't I be fading him? No, it depends on the lineup that he's in, right? So any of these lineups that we have right here that we built, the first 10, are probably pretty good, assuming that the numbers are correct, right? I mean, like I said, it's 11.20 in the morning. Right. Here's Ray John Rondo. Here's a 5% percent do guy. Here's Isaiah Hartenstein in here. Doesn't mean you have to play Isaiah Hartenstein. But like any of these any of these lineups would probably be fine, assuming that the projections are you have a, you're, you're a decent model. Not even not worrying about negative correlation or anything like that. I'm just saying, I'm trying to go over the just the bare basic concept of your like how many contrarian spots to have? Like there's there's no number. You're building lineups. You're not choosing players. Right? That's the mentality that you have to get out of to, to level up your DFS game. You're, you're, you're essentially playing a you're playing a math game. You're not playing a game where you're you're, I think this guy will do well picking, you know, players in sports. All these players have probabilities attached to them. Uh, a, a good uh, projection model will take that into account. We'll give we'll give you that distribution curve. Of probabilities. And then your job is to put those numbers together uh, in the best way possible. Uh that give you the highest expected value or at least higher expected value than than most lineups in the contest that you're playing for that size and that payout. Right? Because obviously there's there's a different types of lineups you'd build for a contest. 10,000 entries winner take all Like you're like, dude, you want to be very contrarian there. Coming in second place gets you nothing. Then a contest that's 500 entries and it only and it pays 10% the first. Very flat. Like you don't, you, so much of the equity is down in the payout structure that so you don't need to be at, at as much variance to your these are all math, These are all math concepts. You know, And you don't, need to, you don't need to know calculus. You don't need to know anything. If you want to know more about those types of subjects, obviously watch the show every day. You could also get the theory of daily fantasy sports. How to think like a professional DFS player. It's a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass. You can pick up theoryofdfs.com. Like all that explanation I just gave for the past five minutes, like it's a very condensed, like, I sped through that stuff like, did, 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 did. but if you want a nice structured education, fifteen hours of it. It's like you go into a seminar, especially if, if, if you don't. Like, oh, why is the lineups not players? Like, not that you got you got to get the course. But that's the best explanation. It's not a bad question from a, from a, a newer player. Uh, Sweet action six thirty can use some build tips for one hundred and fifty lineups. Build one good lineup. That's the best tip. Build one. If you can't learn, if you can't learn to build one good lineup and understand just like what I just went through for five minutes, weighing projection versus ownership, and this can be any sport, but that general concept of thinking in terms of lineups and not players, well, you got to do that first and build plus EV lineups, build one of them, build two of them, build three, build five, then you could build, then build 20, build 20 by hand. And I'm talking about doing this by hand. And once you once you once you've done that for six months, a year, doing it by hand, then you could learn how to use a tool to be like, well, you know, it would be more efficient. Because building 20 lineups by hand can take a while. Building 150 lineups by hand is going to take forever. How do I learn how to use a tool that will build the types of lineups that I've already, that I would already hand build and do it efficiently for myself at scale? Where you'd look at all the, you'd look at all 150 lineups and go, yep, yep, I'd build that lineup. Yep, I'd build that lineup. Yep, I'd build that, like that you would build by hand. The tool, the tool like lineup HQ or any optimizer isn't there to make decisions for you. All it is is solving a math problem that you're putting in constraints for. It's not telling you what to do. So you should be using the tool as, I already, have a, I already envisioned what I want to do and I'm just getting this thing to do what I want it to do. So an optimizer is only as good as the person that's using it. Isaiah Roby has been ruled out. And, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl was assigned to the G League and his status is uncertain exactly why why should we know anything right when's that okc game of course it's an eight o'clock game of course it's the last game do we already have roby in the projection how much was he really playing anyway oh, he's out he was not even in the projections it doesn't even matter is robinson earl in the projections well he is for 20, 24 minutes but favors is able to play that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying on twitter You'll learn, you'll know a lot more later, obviously. Nate Branch, for lower stakes GPPs, would it be plus EV to flip the construction and play 20 max that way? Like, you're still talking, you're still talking about in terms of like, well, what do the lineups look like? What is their projection versus ownership? Sometimes flipping the, you'll you'll see that the lineups that project well for their ownership, maybe it's like, oh, because so many people are paying up here, And paying down there, that's where the ownership is going. So when you flip it, you get a lineup that is seven points lower projected, but 50 percentage points lower in ownership. You go, okay, that could be a good lineup. So compare the two. Uh, Dan Jan is like, I can't wait for MLB DFS. I mean, either. Right? You rarely get any of this stuff in MLB. If you've never played MLB DFS, it's not like NBA. Simply you're waiting around to like maybe three or four o'clock Eastern for like lineups to start coming out. Right. The batting orders and you pretty much know what the pictures are going to be. Occasionally you get the teams that are like, I don't know, it may be a bullpen day. So this guy may be starting. and may not be starting. Okay. So you, you get some of that. But Then the lineups come out at like four o'clock. They start and depending on the times, like three hours before game time. So then, yes, when there are like nine forty or ten ten games, sometimes you don't get that Dodgers or Angels or Mariners lineup until like five minutes before lock, but it's late swap. So you I mean, I mean, the projected lineup is there, and typically, you know, seven out of the nine spots are are, are good. Occasionally, you see, oh, this guy that was batting seventh is now batting second today, or something. Get something like that, but that's that's the like, kind of like. That's the the late swap. That's the late news, right? Well, Chris Taylor's not in. It's going to be DeLuxe uh, at second base for the Dodgers. But a lot of times, you could late swap that. You could just global swap some of this stuff. So you're not dealing. You're not dealing with you know ten minutes before lock. God, ah, major guy is out, and just might as well throw everything that you've ever done out. All the ownership is off now. All the everything just just, it's just chaos. Do you think we get KBO if MLB lucks out? No, well, basketball will still be going on. right? NBA is going to be going on through May. Right? What, the mid-April for the regular season and then playoffs for God knows how long? Dave King, what's up? Love this show. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming. Hit that thumbs up button. doo. doo, doo. MJC, why lineups not players for NBA, though? I get that more so with MLB and NFL. It's the same thing. It's the same concept. It applies to any sport. What, are the, what is the total probabilistic projection of your lineup versus how many of those points that you get the rest of the field doesn't get in comparison and then the payout structure of the contest? How, many, how, many, how big the field is. There's obviously more combinations that could be out against you. That's it. It's the same thing. If you treat the game the same way for any sport, you'll don't you notice that a lot, a lot a lot of the top players, they seem to be good in all the sports. That's because they know everything about all the sports. Most of them don't know nothing. I don't watch NBA. I literally, I don't put on a game. I don't watch NBA at all. Baseball, I'd bail maybe the first hour. I'll put MLB TV on bunch of games while I'm swapping and stuff. NFL, I watch Red Zone. Okay, I mean, uh, MMA, I, I pick fighters. I don't, never, I don't even know what they look like. It's all numbers based. When I started playing NBA, I know nothing. I didn't watch NBA since like 2002. You play the game like it's a math game, and there you go, you're done. Uh, Roberto Kruppi, if I X out Embiid because he's not playing tonight, does roto automatically update other plays? Well, if he actually is out, yeah. If you X him out of your player pool, it won't change any of the other projections. Right, right now we have Embiid in. It's all based on the injury status, the the injury report status. Embiid is not on the injury report, so he's currently in our projection. And all the other players on the 76ers are reflected that Embiid is in playing 33 minutes as a star. If I X him out of my player pool, it's not going to change all the other Portland, uh, the the 76er players' outcomes until he's actually ruled out or is downgraded to doubtful. We treat doubtful as out in the projections. So no, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't happen automatically. Oh, if I take out, if I take out DeMonte Sabonis, all the Pacers uh Projections change. Now that, that that doesn't happen. DJ, dog 3K, what sport are we playing in spring if MLB doesn't play? There'll still be basketball. There'll still be NBA. And there's always soccer. Not every day, but you can still play soccer, MMA, golf. This stuff. Isn't the USFL is another football league or something, the spring football or something, that, that'll last about three weeks and be done with? That'll be around, maybe. Daniel Hutchins says the only DFS sport with lower stress than MLB is PGA. Yeah, absolutely. You can play PGA. There's no correlations. There's no. I mean, if you want to do tee times, there, there's some weather issues, but most of the time it's like at six golfers just. But I think it's the most efficient PGA. I think has the most efficient ownership in all of DFS. From from the last time the last time I've checked the last time I've run, you know, analysis. Let's go back. Let's go back and take a look at five years worth of worth uh, of D- contests for DFS, and then you find out that that the the, the highest R for uh, for fantasy points is ownership, and you go, okay, then there ain't that much edge then. In the long run. Oh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Embiid just got ruled out a few minutes ago. Oh, okay. So, Oh, did he? Oh, okay, now I see. Keith Pompey. Pompey on sixes. No, okay. Oh, the RG alert even came in. Yeah, because obviously my alerts are off. So, yes. So, Embiid, our projections team will Update the projections. That's why we have timestamps here. Now it's only 1130 in the morning, so it's not as quick as it would be at six o'clock at night. So behind the scenes, we have, we have a Slack or a projections team. There's like six or seven of them. They argue like all day. Changing projections, changing minutes, changing. Is the rotation going to be this? Is that going to be that? You know? And and they update it numerous times throughout the day. That's why I always highlight here in the morning, that 11 o'clock in the morning, what the hell do we know? So like if I refresh this, right, you'll see the timestamp from before was 9.39. And it's still 9.39. So anything that happened after 9.39 a.m. Eastern is not reflected in the projections. So I'm assuming at some point within the next maybe hour, they'll update the 76ers within beat out. So you got Drummond, Right. What's Drummond's price now? Philadelphia. Yeah, Drummond's 3700 Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's going to, he may be, he may be the one today where it's just like, just plug him in and don't worry about it. Right, 3700 Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's going to be quite popular. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be like 80% owned and he probably should be 90, 99% owned yeah yeah, that's gonna happen at that price. But yeah, you'll see you'll see the, the the projections update. The closer it is to lock, the the quicker the updates are. So obviously, you know we don't we don't have six people just like wake up at eleven in the morning and we have to change the projections immediately, immediately immediately. But if like if this situation happened at like let's say six twenty pm, like they'd take out and beat and make all the changes that, 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 that they'd be there. so. Within like maybe five minutes, about five minutes, the projections would update and you'll see the timestamp change. You can always judge it by the timestamp, right? We have the timestamp for fantasy points and a a timestamp for ownership as well, right? Because you have to update the projections for the players first, and then we have to run our entire system for the the ownership after that. And that takes a little bit longer. Like updating projections is typically a five-minute process. Updating ownership is like a fifteen-minute process. But but yeah, but like uh, like uh, the question before, it doesn't automatically. Oh, if I x out a guy, it doesn't change everyone else's projections. Like no, it, it, this is it's all static based on our entire projection grid that we update. We, I say we, that our projections team update. I don't I don't I don't have anything to do with. It. NASCAR DFS is around the corner also. Yeah. Well, but Stevie, Stevie, you get the NASCAR package here at Roto grinders. I've never played NASCAR DFS, but apparently everyone speaks, uh, speaks volumes, speaks a uh, very high praise for uh, Stevie's uh, Roto grinders NASCAR package. And he's like, he's like in the pits and stuff. Like talk about to someone that knows the sport. Like a lot of times he's like, I, I think half the time he's at the events. I think it's going to be, like, at Daytona, but not, like, at Daytona. You're like, ah, I'm waving a flag. So it's, like, like, literally, like, where the cars are. Not on the racetrack, obviously, but in the pits or whatever. He is like, some VIP media pass or something. I don't know. And he talks to the drivers, and I don't, I don't know what he does. A lot of times, the he's breaking information before any of the, like, than the, 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 the sports reporters are. Or maybe look, he's maybe looking for stuff that's more re- relevant for betting and DFS purposes. I have no idea. I've never played NASCAR before. I don't, I don't care about NASCAR. I don't watch NASCAR. I think that, that may be the boring, most boring sport. <clears throat> Just watch cars go around for three hours. Wow. Infamous Tuck says the update just happened at 1135. Okay, so let's take a look. All right, so you update, you refresh. Oh, 1135, there we go. Right? Yeah, there we go. There we go. Andre Drummond. Only a salary adjusted plus 14.51. 5, 5, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. That's not the play. And he's not going to be 5% though. Like I said before look at the projection update 10 25 a.m it hasn't been updated yet right so that that projection is gonna put a put a seven on the on the beginning of it or an eight even yeah 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 even at 30 minutes and that's probably that may even be that maybe may be conservative right oh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be play all, it's gonna be play all the sixers day Seth Curry, Toby Harris, Maxi, Right, like in comparison, like to everyone in the player pool, like the top ones, Philly, Philly, Philly. Four to the top five. We're all Philly players. But that's what happens when the highest usage player on the team. And indeed, in the past like three weeks, four weeks, his usage has been nuts. And he has had some games where he's had like 45% usage. So that has to go somewhere. So, yes. So, you're probably you're probably playing like if I... I mean, I ran the optimal. Now the optimal is 293. Right? Don't worry about the ownership because we didn't update the ownership. But let's see. We got Maxi Curry, Harris, Drummond. Yeah, four Phillies. Four Phillies. Four Sixers. And then OKC as well. Right. Dort, Mann, Giddy, Sabonis. I don't know if Trey Mann is, ne- is a necessary piece, but We'll see. Yeah, this is gonna, it's going to be six years OKC day as of right now. Who knows? Right, we got Toronto. Maybe everyone sits on Toronto like I remember last week happening. Do we get New Orleans? Ah, oh, we got New Orleans. Oh, we don't know what's going to happen with New Orleans, right? Don't they have a million players questionable, right? Ingram, Joe Val, Hart. We don't know what's going to happen there. Where's Hernan Gomez? Jackson Hayes, right? We don't know what's going to happen with them. At least that game's at seven o'clock. Okay. Anything else in the YouTube chat before we get out of here? See, stuff happens. We had had some new stuff happen in the the, the middle of our show. Didn't even have to wait. This is the reason. Like if you tuned in at 11 a.m., none of this would have, Embiid would have still been in. Right? We've been talking about, oh, well, do we play any 76ers? And now you, And that's and something like this is going to happen three hours from now. And then three hours from that. That's why, that's why you 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 watch crunch time. That's why you watch Grinders Live. That's why you hit the notification bell. Right? Subscribe if you're new. Hit the like button, obviously. Help us out. Hit the notification bell at what five o'clock, 510 PM Eastern. Got Grinders live. So they'll. it's an hour. They'll cover all, of, all all the current NBA slate. But obviously it's six hours from now or so. All of that type of information will be closer to be in. Stuff happens while the show is going on. Then after that, we have a premium show called Crunch Time. It's for, only for premium members. There anything that happens late breaking, whatever, we update projections, we go through. Do you play this? Do you do this? Really fast paced stuff. That's the the point of being a Roto-Grinders premium member. Click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. I'm in there. I'm in the Discord. You get Discord access. I have a channel in there, Blender's Game Theory. If you want to ask DFS strategy questions, game theory questions, you could always post them in there. I answer. Sometimes I get into four-hour-long conversations and teach people stuff. We also do private uh, group coaching, Zoom calls about once a week all the benefits of being a roto grinders premium member and if any of the explanations from before you like lineups not players projections ownership all that type of stuff if that's new to you get the theory of daily fantasy sports it's my 15-hour audio course it applies to any sport, game objectives, player selection, expected value, leverage, correlation, construction, risk management, exploits, psychology, everything that you'll need to, to dominate any, any sport, conceptually. Then you, you, you put in plus EV lineups and you hope you live long enough, you, you, know, you, know, you don't go broke before you, you win a lot of money. That's, that's DFS, that's GPPs, that's what it is to learn the math of DFS, the mathematical concepts of playing DFS strategically, theoryofdfs.com. And I'll be back on, I'll be back on tomorrow morning, right? We'll go over it. We'll go over and review the slate that's gonna happen tonight and then take a look at the slate and keep on going. Review, 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 and then try to implement The things that you learn, the game theory concepts you learn over and over and over again, and then that turns into profit over the long run. That's what we do here. Help you think like a professional DFS player. Go to theoryofdfs.com. Hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door, and I will see you tomorrow answering your DFS strategy questions, as always, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.